Discerning Hearts presents In Search of the Still Point with Dr. Regis Martin. In this episode, Dr. Martin reflects on From Caterpillar to Butterfly. Imagine yourself as a caterpillar. Yes, that's right. And never mind how completely ridiculous it makes you feel. It's just a game, and it won't take long. Besides, uh, as a brown study, you don't look so bad. Plus, you get to go creeping along this lovely garden path, leaving you largely undetected, which must be great fun. So, what's next? Where are we going? Well, let me tell you. You and a few other creepers are on your way to a meeting. All of the caterpillars in the neighborhood uh, have come together to discuss matters of common concern. An urgent issue has just come up that requires immediate attention. It seems that one of the caterpillars has gone off his rocker and is spreading the most errant nonsense. Something quite extraordinary, he exclaims, is about to happen. We're all going to become butterflies. Silly creeper, doesn't he know anything? Probably delusional, frightened too as he's nearing his end and can't face the prospect of extinction. What's to be done? How do we assure all the other caterpillars that nonsense like this must not be encouraged, nor even tolerated, for that matter? But then, as the meeting unfolds, something truly extraordinary does happen. All the caterpillars, yes, every blessed one, find themselves suddenly becoming blooming butterflies. Is it possible? How can that be? And will any of them even remember what they were before? That was a question, by the way, a very bright five-year-old put to a hapless adult, who, bless her, didn't even pretend to know how to answer it, nor did she particularly care to know. Go out and play, she told her. Good advice. And unless you just got off the bus, or you really are a caterpillar, the story I've just spun is a metaphor, an analogy, suggesting that the metamorphosis of the one, from earthbound bug to flying butterfly, represents an upheaval in the order of nature, rather like the far more stupendous upheaval in the order of grace, which is what we call Easter, an event that totally belies the evidence of our senses. Indeed, it is a fact far more confounding than the mere transformation wrought by the poor caterpillar who suddenly found himself a butterfly. I mean, what does human experience tell us? Dead people do not typically climb out of their graves. And if, in the teeth of everything we think we know about death, it nevertheless happened to one man, mightn't it be possible that it could happen to every man, to you or to me? In other words, here is someone so intensely alive. I'm paraphrasing Hans Urs von Balthasar here so intensely alive that he can afford to be dead. 
A good way of testing the caliber of a philosophy, writes George Santiana, is to ask what it thinks of death. There can be no plan of life, no set of beliefs about the world, until the question of death has been faced. And since to deny that death happens would be an obvious absurdity, then the only honest question is to ask, what does happen when you die? Is it the very last word in the story? Or does the story go on and on, death having somehow lifted me quite out of this world? And if so, to whom do I owe thanks? These are not questions that a caterpillar suddenly morphed into a monarch butterfly is likely to ask. But a five-year-old will, and even five-year-olds are entitled to know the answers to such questions. So what does happen in death, that dread horizon against which we rise in the morning and go down with at night, knowing all the while that each day draws the curtain a little closer. The only satisfactory answer to that question is Easter Sunday, but only if we insist on giving it all the specificity it warrants. Because what we're talking about here is an actual event, something which took place in real time, in the order of history, not the realm of ideas or suppositions. Belief is tethered to something scandalously specific, time-bound. Otherwise, it's nothing more than the airiest of abstractions, no more real than the ozone that surrounds them. Real events, I'm saying, like birth and death, are essential to the whole scaffolding of faith. They furnish what Joseph Ratzinger has called the ineradicable positivity of the Christian religion. This is why the rite of baptism, which immerses the child into the very depths of Christ's own death, was first liturgically celebrated on Easter Sunday, in order, that is, to make the point that unless Christ himself had first overcome death, then there could be no baptism for anyone else. That final mutation, Pope Benedict XVI has called it, in the evolution of the human species, it would be worthless if Christ had not risen from the grave. But death, the last enemy, as St. Paul tells us, has been conquered, definitively destroyed, because Christ, in his risen body, showed us how to do it. You've been listening to Dr. Regis Martin in Search of the Still Point. For more episodes in this series, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in our free Discerning Hearts app or on many other streaming platforms. Discerning Hearts is a 501c3 nonprofit Catholic apostolate dedicated to evangelization and spiritual formation through the use of new media. To learn how you can support our mission, visit discerninghearts.com.